wife or a husband or whatever, like, it's super awkward because you're like, uh, okay, what do I do? What do I celebrate? This is kind of weird. Like, and it just is super awkward. But then when you're with somebody, you have that boyfriend or that girlfriend or whatever, and then you're, like, supposed to go out on a date, so it's, like, forced, and you have to get them something nice, which is super weird. So I just hate Valentine's Day. But... Here's the deal. Valentine's Day is awesome in elementary school because you guys get to decorate boxes and you bring them to school and your elementary school teacher gives you like an hour to walk around to all your classmates and you get Valentine's in your boxes, right? Right? Yeah. It's kind of awkward, he just said. Well, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. Um, When I was in fifth grade, I had a box and it was incredible. I decorated my shoebox as the best dress box ever. Um, I put gold stars like around it and I had airwalks so the shoebox actually opened like this, which was awesome. And so I put it on my desk and I'm, you know, passing out my Valentine's. Well, but the night before I was like, getting ready, finishing my box, I was stuffing my Valentine's and this is terrible. Don't get any ideas. But I didn't like a few people in my fifth grade class. They were really mean. Um, to me, they just, there's some people that just, like, really annoyed me, so I was like, oh, whatever, like, and I didn't really like them, so what I did was I bought conversation hearts for my Valentine's, you know, the ones that say, love ya, call me, okay, you, you're cool, like those, and I bought those, and I had, you had to, so when you buy those, you have to buy the Valentine's with the envelopes, and then you seal them, you stuff them, you seal them, so all the people I didn't like, I would take the conversation hearts, I would lick them, and I would stick them in the envelope, seal it, and drop them in their box that next day, which is terrible. It's terrible, and it's supposed to be this holiday of love, and it's so awesome and amazing, and I just basically ruined that because I didn't love well when I did that. I didn't love well when I did that. So human love is imperfect. It's something that's faulty. Human love is faulty. It's not perfect. We screw up all the time. We try and love people well, but then we don't. Um, we say things that hurt people even when we don't mean to. We say things that hurt people when we do actually mean to. It's just the worst. And so we can never get it right. But God's love, on the other hand, is unconditional. And unconditional means that it is the same. The same for you, the same all the time. And he loves you no matter if you hurt him, no matter if you are screwing up all the time, no matter if, like, things are just going wrong and you can't, you can't um, figure it out, like, God still loves you and his love is the same. So it's like, when God gives Valentine's, it's almost like he's just piling your box with Valentine's and he's like, here's the best candy, here's the best cards, I'm going to write you a million notes, I'm not even going to lick your conversation hearts even though you hurt me that day. Um, but God's love is like that, it's unconditional, it's loving, it's good. It's sacrificial. He forgives. Um, and God's love is so good, isn't it? It's so good. And it's this kind of love, God's love, that changes us. And I think sometimes it's hard to believe sometimes that God is good, that he loves us, because it's like we can't physically see God, can we? Like he's not like walking around like a person anymore. He did when he was Jesus, but he doesn't walk around like a person. Like, so we don't see God like we see our moms every day, our dads every day, our friends every day at school, the people on our soccer team. We don't see God like that. Although sometimes I wish I could because I would love to just give God like a big old hug. 
Like, how cool would that be? Like, God just walks up, and you're like, God, what's up? And you're, like, giving him a hug, and it's, like, the best thing ever. Oh, that'd be incredible. But it's like, we can't. And a lot of times, it's harder for us to believe that God's love is actually good because we can't physically see God, but the people that we physically see, like our friends, our moms, our dads, um, the people in this room, like, sometimes they're not always nice to us. Sometimes they hurt us. Sometimes they, they do things that don't make us feel loved, and it's because they don't love like God loves, but we feel pain. And so it's like, man, I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to feel hurt. I don't want to feel that way, and God's love isn't that way, but when we feel that way, it's hard to believe that God's not like that, is it? And so, despite the pain we feel um, sometimes because of how people love us, um, God wants to offer us so much more. Like, he has so much more for you guys than um, the pain that you feel from other people. And my question this morning is, have any of you ever served anywhere? Maybe you served at, like, the military barbecue. Hello, kooks. You know, you guys are awesome. Military barbecue. Maybe you served with your life group at the chili van. You went places. Maybe you served with your family on Thanksgiving or Christmas last year. Or you picked up someone's pen or their, bi- or their binder that they dropped in class or you help someone with their math problem. Like that's all examples of what serving is. And so I see that a lot of you have served because you guys are all raising your hand, a lot of people. Um, But did you guys know that when you're serving other people, you're you're not just doing good, you're not just helping them, you're actually putting God's love on display. So when you serve people, you're not just helping them, you're putting God's love on display. Like you're saying, hey, I'm going to show you who God is, which is awesome. So when we serve others, we show God's love to them. So when you decide that you're going to go and you're going to serve the military, you're going to serve the elderly, or you're going to serve that person in class, or you're going to listen to your friend when they're going through a hard time or pray for them, like you're actually showing God's love to them, which is awesome. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible comes from Mark chapter 5, which is incredible because basically Jesus is walking through a town like he always does, and he's healing people, and he's saving people, and he's doing all this stuff, and he's the best. So this is what's happening in this particular story. Um, Jesus is on his way to go heal a guy's daughter who's sick, and this guy isn't any normal guy. He's not like plain Joe. He's like one of like the high religious leaders. Like he's a synagogue leader, which means that he's basically like the pastor of the biggest synagogue you can ever think of. So like a Kenton Bishore over in the main service. So he's like Kenton. He's going to like heal Kenton's daughter. Like that's like a big deal. And so what what's happening in this story is Jesus gets interrupted by this woman who is an outcast of society. Um, she It says that she's been bleeding for 12 years. So, like, basically when you're bleeding or you have, like, a disease or something, you're basically, you need to go away because you're going to get everybody else sick. And so this woman is basically outcasted like someone in our society would be, maybe like a homeless person. Like, they're kind of sitting there. No one's really talking to them. They've got all their stuff. They're asking for change. People are walking by. Um, she's kind of like that, where she's not welcome. And she is... Not only that, but she's a woman, which in that time, they were like second-class citizens. They were not important. Like, it didn't matter that they were there. Um, The men were the ones that mattered. And so she had two things against her. So this is what Jesus does. We're going to read Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34. Um, It says this, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 
She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So basically we read this and it's just like, okay, Jesus has healed someone else, it's whatever. But this isn't whatever. Like, this is a big deal. So basically what happens is Jesus is going through, there's all these people that are touching him and, like, the whole deal. And, um, and, and But he realized that there's something different about somebody who had touched him. And it was this woman who had grabbed onto his cloak and she was healed from her bleeding. And she stopped bleeding instantly. And basically what had happened is Jesus was like, something happened, but I don't know what and the woman has to confess, which is like a big deal because she didn't, um, she wasn't only unclean, but she made Jesus unclean. And every single person that she touched in the crowd, she made them unclean because she touched them, which is crazy. And so she's terrified going, I did something horrible. I did something bad. And she's like, I have to confess because he's basically searching for me. And so she drops to her knees and she's like terrified. And she's like, here's the whole truth. I, I needed, I needed something. I knew that you could heal. I knew da, 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 da. And so I, I wanted to touch your clothes because I knew that you could do it. And Jesus looks at her instead of condemning her and instead of telling her, like, you did something wrong. Instead of telling her, you shouldn't have done that. Instead of telling her, you should have stayed where you were. He said, he calls her daughter, which is amazing because basically what Jesus is doing when he calls her daughter, it's like calling a you son, saying son, daughter, like, I see you. I know your brokenness. I know your pain. I know how you feel inside. And I know it's not good. And I know what you've been through. And I love you anyway. I don't care that you touched everybody. I don't care that you touched me. I care that you're healed. I care for your well-being. I love you. And I love you more than you know. And so Jesus is basically saying that to this woman, which is incredible. And what I was realizing is that when um, Jesus is serving people, the people that he's serving have to be willing to come to him. Um, and it's in every single story. Like Jesus is going through all these towns, and, and these people, he can't serve them unless they're willing to be served. So they have to come to him in some degree. Um, and he's going to them, but they have to come to him in order to have that relationship. And I was thinking about my own personal story. Um, I became a Christian when I was 13. Um, I grew up at a church uh, called Ocean Hills. It's like down in San Juan Capistrano. It's awesome. Um, it's now a Mariner's campus, which is incredible. Um, but, which is awesome, I didn't know, I walked around in junior high. I felt a ton of pain. I um, didn't have the best friends. I was bullied. I, um, I felt a lot of pain. I didn't even want to go to school. I tried and like figure out how to not go to school um, sometimes because I just hated it. Um, and I didn't feel loved by anybody, not even my parents. They were all telling me what to do, and I just felt terrible inside. I felt empty. I felt lonely. I felt like I didn't belong, and it was really hard for me to go through junior high. And uh, when I graduated, basically, so you graduate in June, and then what do you do? You go to high school ministry before you're in high school. So basically, my mom's like, you should go try out the high school group, and I'm going, ugh, I really don't want to try out the high school group. I was in the junior high group, and I hated it. 
Um, so that's why I went to main service with you, duh. Like, I'm not going to go. And so she's like, well, I just really think that would be awesome. You could try it out once and da, da, da. So she convinces me. So I go with my mom to the high school group that morning. We go, we go a little early, and I meet the youth pastor. And his name was Paul. And Paul was the first person who ever looked at me and actually that I actually felt like I, he cared about me when he looked at me. He actually asked, how are you doing and wanted to know. He asked, what are you interested in? Like, what do you like to do? And that spoke volumes to me because I felt like I was seen for the first time, that I was loved for the first time, that I was included for the first time, and that was incredible for me. Um, and it was actually the reason why I gave my life to Jesus a couple months later, um, which was awesome. And it had a huge impact because he, by serving me, showed me God's love. And I was able to experience that um, and then know that when, when Jesus came into my life, which was so awesome. And so my question this morning is, where have you seen God's love through someone who has served you? Where have you seen God's love through someone who has served you? Because when people take the time to serve us, we're able to experience God's love, which is awesome. And we get to do that for other people. So if you think about the person that served you and actually do what that person did for you, for somebody else, um, despite who they are, despite how bad they are or how bad they've treated you, like you get the chance to show someone God's love. So when you serve someone, you're showing God's love to them. And not only that, but when we serve others too, we're able to see God's love. So it's like we get to show God's love, but then we get to see God's love through them, which is awesome. So basically, um, the Coos went to the military ministry, which I think is so awesome. And they go to the barbecue on Sunday and they get to serve the Marines. They're going to serve. And yet I heard all these stories about like how they were so funny. I loved hearing their stories. And um, for my life group, we went to um, Atria, which is like an elderly home um, last year. And it was really cool. So we were only there for like an hour and a half. And these elderly people thanked us like probably a million times for coming. And not only that, they were like so happy that we were there. And it was like, I just came for an hour and a half for like one day to play games with you and serve you. But this is so crazy because I was able to see gratitude, thankfulness, and I was able to see joy and smiles. And that felt amazing because those are characteristics of God, um, joy and thankfulness. And so when people show that to us because we serve them, we get to see God's love through them. And that's why serving feels so good. When I, when I, when I come um, and ask people, like, oh, have you served before? And they're like, yeah, it was awesome. It was, like, the best feeling ever. Like, the reason why it's the best feeling ever is because you experience God's love when you serve others and others serve you. It goes both ways. And it's not just this one way I'm giving something to you, I'm helping you because I'm a good person. But yet we're actually receiving something and seeing God's love from them, which is incredible. And so serving is experiencing God's love. And when we actually decide to live in God's love, which meaning that we're going to decide, like, you know what, Jesus, like, I know what your love is like because I've seen it through other people and I've seen it through serving and I've seen it through all these things. And we decide, like, you know what, I, I, I get God's love for me. And we decide to receive it with our heart, um, in our heart, and we get to serve. We basically get to live a lifestyle of service because when we accept God's love for us, like, he does two things. 
Um, he changes our thinking, and he changes our lifestyle. Um, so when we decide to live in God's love, it changes us. Our thinking changes, and our lifestyle changes. So basically, when we, when we um, accept God's love, it is the best thing ever. The Bible says that God's love is transformative um, when we make that decision, and it changes our life, which is incredible. And so we basically like get to live this serving thing out every day where we get to serve and be served. We get to serve and be served. And we are experiencing God's love all the time. And that's how we were meant to live. That's how we were meant to be. God created us to experience his love. And so we get to do that by serving. And when God's love changes your life, one thing happens. You want people to know about it. Like you're going to share it. You're like, oh, my gosh, the best thing ever happened to me. God's so awesome, and here's why. So you want to share it with people, so you want to share your story, and you want to serve others. So basically, um, serving isn't something that you want, like you have to do anymore. It's not like, oh, my mom's making me do this box for the Operation Children, and oh, I just like, I don't want to do it, or we're serving the homeless today, and it's like so lame, and like whatever, but I'm going to do it because my mom said. It's like not like the, the have to, it's the I actually want to serve now. I want to do that because I know God's love for me, and I want to show it to them. And I know that I'm going to experience God's love through them by serving, which is incredible. And that's what Celebrate Differently is all about. That's what Celebrate Differently is all about, why we do celebrate differently here, why we're going to do it in day 10, why we get to be a part of something bigger than um, coming to church, why we get to do something part, a bigger than just being a part of day 10, but we get to be part of JTM in a bigger way where we get to serve together where we get to do some things and so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys know a little bit about um, what we're gonna be a part of so if you walked in um, maybe you guys just saw like the Christmas trees on the way in with like these tags on them do you guys see them Christmas trees okay well there's Christmas trees out on the patio they got tags on them and so basically what those are is they're tags where you can pick one and you can buy a gift for somebody that wouldn't get a gift for Christmas otherwise. So basically, we have three tags out there. We have the uh, military ministry, so what the kooks served at. Um, we have the foster youth, so a lot of you guys did like, some of you guys did like a daycare, th day camp thing this summer that we were a part of. Um, we get to buy gifts for foster children and Lighthouse Community Center. It's in Santa Ana, and there's tutoring every week, and um, they're, they're an awesome part of our ministry, and so we get to um, take tags and to get gifts for these people that wouldn't get them otherwise, which is awesome. Um, and the second way that we're going to celebrate differently that I invite you to in JHM is that we get to serve, which is awesome. So with every single tag on the tree um, that you guys take, you know, you might have to ask your parents if you can take one, what you want to do, what you want to partner with. Um, but we get to serve as well. So there are serve experiences that are tagged, attached to every single ministry that has a tag. So like the military ministry, um, the LCC, Lighthouse Community Center, and the foster youth, they're all having Christmas parties. So if you guys are in a life group, you guys should totally go and serve together at these parties because they'll be so awesome. You get to be more a part of it than just getting them a gift. Or if you're not in a life group, grab a couple friends, sign up to go serve, um, or bring your family. That would be awesome. Um, you get to serve there. And then this, the fourth thing, um, well, I guess third thing, in the serving is that we get to serve globally, which is incredible. So we've been down to Mexico a few times with like JHM, but um, we're going to do something in Africa. 
What do you guys think about that? I know. Okay. So here's the deal. There's a daycare in Africa called Angels of Hope. Um, it's in the second largest slum in the entire world. So it's like just outside of the slums where people live in tents. They have nothing. They don't have beds. Um, they don't have parents, some of them. Some of them live with their grandparents that sometimes are sick. Um, there's diseases. There's all this stuff. And basically this daycare um, exists near that slum where some of those kids from the slums get to go and be cared for for the day while their parents or whoever's taking care of them is at the jobs for the day um, and working. And so basically, um, we get to serve them by helping them go to school. So basically, um, what happened was Justin went to Kenya in June, and he went to this place, and I actually leave on Thursday to go to this place, which is insane. Um, so I'm going to Kenya on Thursday, you guys. It's, it's so crazy. I'm so excited. But um, so we get to basically go, and I get to see them, and I get to share the story with you when I come back. But basically what Justin realized is that there's a need for these kids to go to school. Um, so what happens in Kenya is elementary school in Kenya is free, except they have to have a uniform to go. So a lot of times the it's like a catch-22 because these families can't afford a uniform, so these kids miss out on school that's actually free. So what we're going to do in JHM um, is next week there's going to be sweatshirts here in JHM and t-shirts here in JHM together in a bundle. So basically what's going to happen is we're going to be selling um, sweatshirts and t-shirts here where you get to buy a sweatshirt and a t-shirt in a bundle for 60 bucks. And that money, and you get to keep the sweatshirt, you get to keep the t-shirt, you get to wear it, it's awesome. And basically that money goes to provide a uniform for these kids to go to school in Kenya. Like how awesome is that? So what I wanted to do right now is show you a little bit of a video um, so you can get to meet these kids because they're pretty great. And so pay attention to the screen. Break out groups right now. So boys, you can head out outside. 
Um, your leaders know what grades they are, so get in their groups. So boys, go outside. Girls, get in groups. We have a ton of leaders in here. They'll tell you what grade they're leading. You guys are awesome.